0: Well, today we begin at the first Sunday in Lent. Now, if you did not grow up with this tradition I want, and observe this, I just want to talk a little bit about what that means. Pastor Tim's talk often that he didn't grow up in a tradition in which they observed Lent. And Lent is a time in which we intentionally make a journey. We intentionally journey toward the cross and the empty tomb. And um, Lent is a time of repentance. That's why we begin with Ash Wednesday to remember from ashes from which we came and ashes will we, we will return. And it's that repentance time. And then it's also a time of reflection and renewal. It's 40 days if you're not counting the Easter Sundays along the way, because each Sunday is considered a little Easter. And so it's 40 day journey that uh, we observe that represents the time in between Jesus' baptism and when his earthly ministry began and the time he spent in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. And uh, in reflection of this, so many times, that that temptation part, a lot of times people will say they're gonna give up something. Have you ever heard anybody say, I'm gonna give up something for Lent? Well, that's in uh, the reflection of that time in the wilderness in which Jesus was tempted, and so a lot of times people will give up things that tempt them, like unhealthy foods or complaining or negative thoughts, anything like that that is a temptation for them, they will give that up for Lent in order to make space for God. Now, I've kind of explained Lent this way in the past. Say you're on a journey, and uh, you're going to pick up your friend for this long car ride, this long journey that you're gonna travel from here to there. And uh, so you've got the car filled, you've got your bags packed, you've got everything in the car, and you're going to pick up your friend, and you realize that the front seat is filled with junk. And you've gotta make room for the friend, make space for the friend so that they can journey with you. Well, that's sort of like Lent. We've got to clear out the junk. We've got to make space for God so that God can fill it. That God can journey along with us in this time of repentance and reflection and renewal. You've also heard people say, well, I'm going to take on something. You ever heard somebody say they're going to take on something for Lent? I try to do that as often as I can for, for Lent. And, and so you might take on a devotional time or a time of silence. Well, that's kind of hard for talkers like me, right? A time of silence, a time of fasting. I'm not the best faster in the world. I'm just really not. My daughter, Laura, who was singing up here just a moment ago, said to me at the 8.30 service, nope, she's not, you know? So I've, try- I've done the Wesley fast before, which is Fridays, you wake up and you don't eat anything until three o'clock in the afternoon. And then break the fast at that time, and that's a time of uh, renewal and repentance and reflection during that fasting time. But taking on something like a Lenten devotional that we're going to share out from Church of the Resurrection. Uh, We're in a share program with them, and they've written a beautiful Lenten devotional that we're going to send out to the congregation. And so you might want to take that on, and you might want to take on the prayer service that is every Wednesday night here in our chapel at 6 p.m. But to have this journey with God, to clear out the junk, to make space... Well, our staff worship team um, planned months ago to direct our attention to a series that we're going to t- entitle Overcoming. And um, this is a journey in which we will talk about the obstacles that we all encounter. Obstacles that are a part of our daily lives like fear, rejection, temptation, maybe even shame. Uh, We need to remember, though, that the first step in overcoming is that we have to remember that we cannot overcome anything on our own. There's nothing that we can overcome on our own. We have to have the power of God to help us overcome any obstacle that we face. Pastor Sean's over at The Connection uh, preaching today, and he said something to me so powerful that I want to share it with you. Now... I never stand before you that I think I know it all. And I will tell you that um, so many times when I take the time to listen to our younger pastors, I learn something. And, And Sean said this to me this week. He said, The Holy Spirit's power thrives when human power dies. How powerful is that? The Holy Spirit's power thrives when human power dies. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit we can overcome these obstacles. And in order to let the Holy Spirit work within us, we have to let our humanness, our human condition, our human power, our human need diminish. We have to let that diminish so that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and move in the way that he calls us to. We have to get the junk out of the front seat. Today, we're going to talk specifically about overcoming the attitude of indifference. Indifference. I just don't care. How many of you have ever said that? I am not alone. I know. I just don't care. Why do we say that? Have you ever thought? I was doing my reflection and, and writing the sermon. I was thinking, why do I? when I say that, why do I say that? And and I was reflecting upon that, and I think there's a number of reasons we say we don't care about something, or I don't care. Um, We might say, I don't care because we're tired, physically tired, or spiritually, emotionally tired. We just think, I can't take on anymore, I can't do anymore, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I don't care how that went, or I don't care about that. I just can't do it anymore. Or... We might say we don't care because we've been attacked and we get on that self-defense mode. You know, well, they said this about me and, and, they, and, and, and that happened and, you know, I, I don't care, right? Or fear. We're afraid. We're afraid of the outcome. We're afraid to look down the road. Scarlett O'Hara syndrome that I talk about, right? That I can't think about it today, so I'm going to push it off till tomorrow. I can't think about that right now. I don't care about that right now. Or anger. Throw our hands up. I'm done. I've tried all I can try. And I'm done. I, I don't care anymore. But if you think about it, in each and every situation that we say, I don't care, it's about something going on within us. It's our humanness, our human condition, our need for control, our whatever. Whatever's going on, it's going on within us. And in order to care, we have to get out of the way. And let our human sense of power diminish, let our human power die, so that the Holy Spirit can live and can thrive. We have to clear out the junk. First Peter chapter two, he says this in his letter. Therefore, get rid of all ill will and all deceit, pretense, envy, and slander. Do you hear those obstacles? Get rid of them, he says. You're rid of all ill will and all deceit, pretense, envy, and slander. Instead, like a newborn baby, desire the pure milk of the word. Nourished by it, you will grow into salvation since you have tasted that the Lord is good. How many times have we sang that in here? That the Lord is good, right? We've tasted that the Lord is good. In order to care, we have to grow in God's word. We have to be in God's word. We have to study. We have to to move into God's word in this way. Just as a newborn baby desires milk to live, we have to be nourished in God's love, church. We have to be nourished in his promises. We have to be nourished in his wisdom. We have to be nourished in the saving grace of God. We come asking for God to reveal god's self to us now the full revelation of god we talk about the revelation of god being the word became what flesh and so the full revelation of god is is christ our lord his birth his life his ministry his death his resurrection all of that is god's full revelation to us and we live in that word then a new spirit comes within us We live as changed people, and changed people cannot live within a spirit of indifference. When we see people hurting, when we see people abused, when we see people hungry, for those of us who have God's word in us, the spirit of God in us, we cannot in good conscience say, I don't care. We have to live intentionally. Paul says how we're to live this out in a letter to the Romans. Now this is some, I've read this at weddings and, and uh, I've read it from my, my daily journey too. This, these are some powerful words. And uh, I'm going to read it from the message. Message is a paraphrase, an everyday translation. But as you study God's word, it's important to read different translations. If you're going to read Romans 12, 9 through 21, to read it maybe in one version and then read it in another version and you get that full impact. Then I'm going to read it to you from the message. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Love for this, from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the master, cheerfully expecting, expectant. Don't quit in hard times. pray all the harder. Help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Eugene Peterson just puts it bluntly, doesn't he? Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Wow. Don't hit back. I mean, you taught your kids that. Don't hit back, right? Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. If he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. If we all live this way, wow. You see, when evil gets the best of us, just as he said in that very last verse, don't let the evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. When... When the evil gets the best of us, that's when we usually say those three words, I don't care. The only way to overcome indifference in this world is to let the Holy Spirit work within us. To move us, to shape us, and to move us toward love. Love is the most powerful force in all the world. Okay, so I see a lot of parents in here, and some grandparents. How many have seen the movie Frozen? Okay. What does Olaf say? He says there are some people worth melting for, right? Watch this clip. Anna! I oh, know. Whoa. So this is heat. I love it. Ooh, but don't touch it. So, where's Hans? What happened to your kiss? I was wrong about him. It wasn't true love. But we ran all the way here. Please, Olaf, you can't stay here... You'll melt. I am not leaving here until we find some other act of true love to save you. Do you happen to have any ideas? I don't even know what love is. That's okay. I do. Love is putting someone else's needs before yours. Like, you know, how Christoph brought you back here to Hans and left you forever. (sighs) Christoph loves me? Wow, you really do don't know anything about love, do you? Olaf, you're melting. Some people are worth melting for. Just maybe not right this second. Ah! Don't worry, I've got it. We're gonna get through the. Oh, wait. Hang on. I'm getting something. It's Kristoff and Sven! They're coming back this way! They are. Wow, he's really moving fast. I guess I was wrong. I guess Kristoff doesn't love you enough to leave you behind. Help me up, Olaf. Please. No, 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 no! You need to stay by the fire and keep warm. I need to get to Kristoff. Why? <gasps> oh. oh, I know why! There's your act of true love right there, riding across the fjords like a valiant, pungent reindeer king. Come on! Huh? Love that movie. (laughs) (laughs) There are some people worth melting for. Jesus said there are people worth dying for. Can you even grasp that kind of love? Oh, sure, we can grasp the kind of love that would die for our children. We can grasp the kind of love that would die for our spouse, we can grasp the kind of love that would even die for a very close friend, but can you grasp the kind of love that would die for an enemy? Can you grasp the kind of love that would die for someone you don't even know? As the nails were driven in the hands, of, in the hands and feet of Jesus, As he hung on that cross in agony, I can imagine it would have been tempting to say, I don't care about the sins of humanity anymore, God, get me down from here. But he didn't. He didn't. His love was the most extravagant of all. It was for you, it was for me, it was for all people. God saw humanity at his worst on that hill, on Golgotha, the place of the skull it's called. But in this place of torture and death, we see God at his best. A most divine and loving savior who showed us what it meant to overcome the obstacles of this life the cross is the key. Amen? Amen? The sacrificial love and power of the Christ is see, uh, cross is seen in the power of the Holy Spirit as it moves in us. As it works through us. You know, sure, care sometimes makes mistakes, right? We can care too much, we think sometimes. We says the wrong thing, sometimes when emotion takes over, sometimes care has the wrong timing. But care never gives up. Never gives up. Fred Craddock, preacher and theologian, once said it this way. He says, is it possible for a person to walk by an old man feeding the birds in the park and say, well, he's not my father? Or is it possible to see a hungry child and say, well, he's not my kid? Or is it possible to look at a widow staring out at a bleak world and say, well, she's not my mother, I just don't care? The greatest insult we can say to the world is, I don't care. Jesus told the disciples this. He said, I assure you that whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. They will do even greater works than these. That when the human power dies and the Holy Spirit's power thrives, then the greater things are in store. Greater works than these. What do we need to clear out today on this journey? do we need to overcome? Maybe you've been so tired lately, hurt, frustrated, whatever it is, and you've heard those three words come out of your mouth. I don't care. God says, with me, with me, and power of the Holy Spirit moving through you, you can't say those words. They don't feel right. They feel yuck in our gut when we say those words. Because we cannot do it alone, right? So we ask God to come. Help us. I need you now, Jesus. I don't want to say I don't care. I want to. Help me overcome this. Because greater things are in store with you. A whole new journey awaits, friends, with God. A journey of extravagant love. A journey that practices playing second fiddle. A journey that loves from the center of who we are with no faking it. A journey that is not stuck up. A journey that says, God, I need you to help me overcome the evil of this world. I need you now. I invite the band to come up um, for our closing song. And as they they come up, I I just want to offer a prayer. Gracious God, we know that we cannot do this alone. You tell us that we can with you. And there are things that come in our path, oh God, that we just really don't even know how to respond sometimes. We ask that you guide us. We ask, oh God, as your people, your children, that you help us to remember that we're to lean into your power, not depend on our own. Holy Spirit, guide, direct, breathe into us new life. And we ask it in the name of Jesus.